Hey, you guys, you're listening to Cut to the Chase. This is Anna Maria, the Confident Closer. Hello, everyone. This is Gregory Proctor, your host from Cut to the Chase. This is episode 52. This is it. Folks, I'm going to have to tell you, and I'm just going to be upfront, my featured guest today is a lady that I just find to just be a remarkable person, a remarkable individual. She was gracious enough to provide us with a very detailed uh, backstory about herself and her life, and which is one of the reasons why I entitled the podcast, This Is It. And as most people know that listen to my podcast, uh, I always kind of open up with a quote. And today I found just so many quotes that kind of are relatable to the story that we're going to talk about today. And so I'm going to open up with the first quote. And the first quote kind of states, if you're waiting for a sign, this is it. And I think as I let that marinate with folks, when we talk about our featured guest today, you're going to see that there were many signs in her life in her journey, in her quest to find her destiny that eventually led her to a point to where she was able to say, this is it. And so to our listeners, today, our special guest is Anna, or excuse me, Anne Marie Cien, a personal brand specialist that has struggled with her pride, resentment, and codependency and fears for so many years. Anna Maria was born in Colombia. At the age of eight, her and her parents migrated to the U.S. She became a mother at a very early age. Her journey as a single mother has taught her that courage goes from where confident dares not, and that the path brought to her is the point in her life where her goal is to assist women to rise above whatever challenges they may face along the way. She's a proud mom and her son is in the Marines. Hoorah! She also has a beautiful daughter. As a confident executive officer at Confident Closer, her goal is to assist women to build personal brand, to establish influence and attract more opportunities to their lives and their business. She believes in building a solid long-term relationship and the power of teamwork. For her, there's individual fulfillment that comes along with serving others. And that pathway is real and very significant. Anne-Marie is also a podcast host where she inspires women to keep pushing forward. And during COVID, she launched the business for the third time, which we'll talk more about that. She's been a brand consultant. She's been a brand strategist. She's been a business development manager. She's a member of the board of directors for Fort Lauderdale Chapter National Association for Hispanic Real Estate Professionals. She's also been a business development specialist. She has been recognized two years in a row as a woman with a vision whose passion to assist other women and bring their vision to life. And Maria is also a creative woman who's, who pays special attention to detail, and yet she's a visionary thinker who always 
applies innovation and various qualities that help set her apart and allows for her to bring worlds together. Most importantly, she believes in faith as the foundation of all that you do. And we're going to talk about that because her story is really it's really a testimony and it's a testimony of of what can happen when you believe. So her mission is to lower the number of women who reach the end of their lives regretting the things that they never did because of lack of fear and lack of courage. And folks, I'll tell you, you know, my preparation for this started maybe three days ago, um, but certainly there was something that touched me when I reached out to Anne Maria via IG, and I recognized the confident closer. It was just something about that that stood out, and I wanted to dive more deeper into this. And lo and behold, it was something that I found to be just truly remarkable. And Anne Maria, I would like to, you know, open up the floor for you if you have any opening remarks. Well, thank you for that amazing introduction. Um, I'm just, wow, who is that? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm excited to be here, Gregory. Thank you so much. Um, I'm I'm just, I'm ready to tell it how it is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So before we dive in, um, you know, certainly I've got, like I said, I've got a bunch of quotes that I'm going to sprinkle through this, but certainly th- this is one as as we start to dive into your life story and basically what you call God's perfect plan. I just want to state this quote here, you know, life is definitely not rehearsed. This is it, people. I mean, you you really have one opportunity to kind of do it right you know, per se. Um, so let's, let's jump into God's perfect plan for you. You know, your parents migrated here to the U.S. when you were eight. And in most cases, I know that sometimes when you're that young, you leave your friends, you leave your family members, and things are 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 not quite settled into a, a new country or, or a new a new environment or new establishment. I mean, what was that journey like for you at that age? I mean, coming to a new country. Oh, that's a great question uh, because it took me years to uh, stop being upset at my parents <laughs> for mm-hmm. taking me out of my mm-hmm. comfort zone. But anyhow, um, you know. I, I, as a young girl, you know, as I think back when you were just mentioning, you know, asking me the question, um, it's still being really young. I think that I was very, um, self-aware of my surroundings and I think I was a little bit more mature than, you know, than for my age. Um, so with that said, you know, when we moved here, my number one concern was that, I don't, I, you know, we lost our old comfort. Like we, we, we went from having a maid, we went from, you know, not worrying about money or to 
moving now to this country and not understanding at the time, right, what was going on in, in mm-hmm. my parents' um, finances or whatnot. But for me, it was extremely difficult. I I had a really hard time um, getting getting acclimated, getting, you know, understanding the language. Um, I, I was bullied um, mm-hmm. a lot. Um, so, uh, but, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a pretty move, at least in my eyes, uh, when my parents decided to move to the States. And we had family here, so it's not like we were alone. But then again, it was brand new family to me because I didn't know them, at least not all of them. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly it does. Because, you know, I mean, even even as I relate to the multitude of countries that I've lived in and, you know, kind of cohabitated in for, as as most people would say, for a short period of time, you know, greater than three months or even greater than six months, you know, trying to adapt, trying to adjust and, you know, sometimes when you consider what that looks like through the lens of a child, uh, once they are filled with comfort and all of the things that they are, um, should I say, uh, surrounded by in their environment and to uproot that can be very, very hard. It can be some, sometimes quite, quite tragic in, in, in the child's eye. And so, you know, I can sympathize with with that because, you know, you did bring up a couple points in in your description there as far as, you know, living back in Colombia as I compare that to living in in Peru where I've lived in Peru for for many many years, you know, the cost of living is a lot cheaper. So you get a lot more, you know, uh and then you come here to the US and you think that hey, we're still going to have the same as they call it quality of life. And ultimately, that quality of life changes very drastically uh, based on, you know, just the nature of expense and what it takes to live here in the U.S. And so let's fast forward a little bit. You know, you, you're you're here. You said you were you were struggling with the adjustment. Uh, you were struggling with, uh, you know, learning the language, which, of course, at this point in time, no one would ever tell me that uh, you don't know English uh, well, and that's something I always tell my wife all the time. She's like, "My English is not so good." I'm like, "Your English is perfect," you know. <laughs> you, yeah. You've been away for 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 quite some time, but let's let's kind of jump forward, you know, uh, a few years, and you know, you were like 14, and then you know things started to kind of trans uh, transform in your life. What what was going on during during that period of time for you? Absolutely. And um, just as as before I I answer that, you know, you brought a great point, which was, you know, how a child's life changes completely. Mm -hmm. And so because I was a victim of our circumstances, at least in my mind, right? I had had the victim card. (laughs) Right. right. Uh, Then... um, for you know that i i and i blamed my parents before my aha moment of my life journey and we're going to get into that but mm-hmm. it was you know my most of my life i was blaming my parents because it was their fault in my eyes that they changed the course of my life as sure. I, you know, visual, even as this young, young girl that I was, but it's still, I, I had 
a visual of what I wanted to do or, you know, go into college. Like it was just, everything was perfect, you know? So Mm -hmm. my visual was like, you know, the white picket fence type of, um, so anyhow, Moving here, I so I find myself without friends. I find myself I'm from another country, so the way I dress, the way I look, mm-hmm. my it's completely different. So mm-hmm. I feel like I am the weird kid here. I um then find myself, you know, not speaking the language and being embarrassed having to go into because back then I as kids were so harsh on on, on us. Yeah. <laughs> really, yeah. We don't even know how harsh we are as, as kids, but you know, it was, it was always being made fun of, of like, Oh, those kids are going to ESOL class, you know, like mm-hmm. those are the stupid mm-hmm. kids or, mm-hmm. you know, and it was always like this label. And so here I am, I'm dealing with financial changes, right? My, mm-hmm. my, my circumstances I'm, I'm dealing with now, you know, being extremely angry and rebellious and, and just, uh, being trapped in my own pain or uh, embarrassment, whatever we want to call that. Um, and what do I do? I And then my parents, I don't, you know, tell, but then my parents also get divorced, you know, where they're brand new and then my parents are getting divorced and what, what just happened. So my whole life was, was uh, turned upside down. Um, so it was years of moving from the time we moved to the States. Uh, when I was eight, uh, we lived in New York. We came back to Florida, went back to New York and came back. But during that time, um, when I, when we came, well, at 14, I, um, I was, I had already, so I told you guys, I went extremely rebellious. So at this time I'm just wanting to be accepted. I'm wanting to find a group that's gonna, you know, just, uh, want me around and that are not going to judge me. And so I found that unfortunately, um, it wasn't the best or ideal kind of crowd that I would want my children to be around. Sure. But I got that. And so here I am at 14 years old. And I don't know where our listeners are from, but if you are from Florida and Fort Lauderdale, you are very well aware aware of the Sawgrass Mills Mall. Mm -hmm. And so um, I grew up in the area. And, you know, a typical 14-year-old is either – practicing for soccer or cheerleading or hanging out with her girlfriends, but I am taking a pregnancy test. Mm. And I just even the thought, I I mean, you said it, I have I have my my daughter is 16 and can't even imagine um, you know, being in my mom's shoes when I came with this news. Um so yeah, that's what was going on. 14, um, I find out I'm pregnant. I had just started high school. Um, you know, I met the father of my son um, at a friend's house during summertime. And this was the crowd who accepted me in. This was the crowd who introduced me to smoking cigarettes, to smoking pot. Um, you know, this was the crowd that... Um, we're just the cool kids or, I mean, that's what we used to think. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, certainly uh, we, we're, we're delighted that, uh, or excuse me, we appreciate that you're, you're sharing that with us because, you know, uh, social acceptance overall is such a hard uh, pill to swallow. And it's, it's even more 
uh, difficult for a kid because, you know, they just want to be a part of the fun. As you said, you know, they want to be around the fun kids. You know, my oldest daughter, um, for a period of time after my second wife and I got a divorce, you know, we had a unique situation where same thing, you know, hanging around the wrong kids, you know, some of these kids are, you know, carrying guns and this, that, and the other. And, you know, it was, it was a lot of sleepless nights of finally, uh, me having to put my foot down, of course, living in a different state and then, you know, being back and forth all the time to, 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 to kind of govern that. And, uh, you know, sometimes those things are just, like you said, they're just hard for a parent to digest. And I'm going to segue here just a little bit before we advance uh, your story and, and just kind of say that times have changed out there. I mean, you know, if, if you are a parent uh, and you're listening to this, you know, the uniqueness behind what is going on is what we consider to be the internet or mobile devices or technology. And, and, and people are starting to find that there's so much information out there that, Hey, kids are telling you, Hey, I already know that, or I know how to utilize, you know, uh, and keep myself, uh, safe and, and do things in a protected manner. But the underlining fallacy behind all of that is communication. And you've got to be in tune with your kids you have to be in tune with what's going on, who's in their lives, and the type of decisions that are being made. Because in a lot of cases, you can head off. I won't say ward off, but you can head off some of the things that really can change the course in their decision making. And I think that's just something that I, you know, I kind of wanted to just, you know, sprinkle into our our, our context here. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. Because if you weren't, I was about to. <laughs> it, it is true. Times have changed. And I love that you just said, you know, communication. If we mm-hmm. think back, and God has been really, I, I've just been really meditating on this uh, as, as this word continues to come up in my journey. And as I, you know, we'll get into it. Uh, but communication is the number one problem that we mm-hmm. have in the world mm-hmm. because it all starts from from the ground right and from, yep. from ground zero we lost communication so That's anything right. from there and up it's a confused <laughs> language <laughs> um so but i do want to mention you know as as a as a parent i i do remember being that child and and knowing and finding myself trapped in this life or in this future that I knew I didn't fit into or that it made made me even more angry to know that I was in it, but I couldn't get out of it. And so I would say, and, and, and also, you know, another thing that I always said as a child was like, I, I'm going to make sure that I don't make the same mistakes or, or act the same way where whatever that was when I was criticizing or judging my parents on what they were doing. And so um, with my kids today, we, the number, the number one thing it's communication. I tell myself, you know, um, we, we are children our entire lives and we're just, we just continue, we get on this, our bodies age, but that our soul, it's, it's that child within. And so, you know, remember that your child it's, it's, it's a, it's a combination of you and your husband or, you know, and so those Mm -hmm. things are there. And, and, and just remember that just because they're a child and you're an adult, you know, we still, we, we, we can still connect and relate 
to a child. We don't need to uh, make that division, you know, um, because children understand, and especially today. I mean, come on, we as long as we're thinking, and we, and and especially now as children, with all the visual, all the accessibility that we ha- that they have, mm-hmm. it's just a matter of you know communicating, communicating, and trying to stop to boss around, but actually explain. I, I like to look at parenthood more of a leader. Right. Uh, you know, we're leaders, we're coaches, we're not rulers, right? Yeah. And so anyhow, yeah. I just wanted to throw that in. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I think that's great. I mean, you know, we, we've segued here a little bit, but I, you know, the, and the importance of it is, it's just, just, it's just what you've said, you know, communication, um, you know, so many kids, today um as i see through my own lens and and not not casting my lens amongst others but you know they miss that that wholesome um uh, embracement of of parenthood because when i grew up you know you you had to sit down to dinner table you know you had to be there at six o'clock you had to make your bed you had you had all of these accountabilities and responsibilities that if you didn't uphold those things, at least in my house, um, there was a lashing that you had to take. And uh, you probably didn't want to take that lashing too many times if you disobeyed. And certainly, um, you know, I think we've lost sight of that, you know, definitely here in, 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 in some of the places that I've seen here in the U.S. Uh, with regards to, you know, what a parent really should do when they have kids and how they should wholesomely bring up a child where they are capable of being able to survive, capable of being able to think, capable of being able to count money, capable of being able to do these simplistic things without a phone. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Without a phone. (laughs) All right. So let's kind of move forward here. So, you know, we find that you know you're you're what fifteen and and like you said you were you were taking a pregnancy test and and and, and obviously that was uh, that must have been gut wrenching for the time that you were uh, trying to decipher and figure out you know what's next. So as we advance, you know uh, things that were transpiring at least at that point in time. So between fourteen and the age of twenty. Uh, you were going through another transformation because you've gone through a transformation of leaving your country, now trying to get adapted into a country where you kind of didn't fit in. And like you said, you know, it was it was a social thing. It was a peer pressure thing. And and now you're faced with, OK, um, some some decisions that were made uh, that have led you to now you're taking the pregnancy test. Help us advance from from that point forward, because there was. As I read through your story, there was still a lot of rambunctiousness going on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, obviously, you know, my my son, I kept my son. He, well, and I say obviously because uh, Greg mentioned him earlier. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, so I'm a proud Marine mom. Um, I wasn't always, just got to say that, but now I am. Um, <laughs> but anyhow, um, no. So, you know, during the, you would think that at this time in my life, you know, I sort of have an aha moment and say, hey, okay, now I am a mother 
and mm-hmm. I'm going to finish school and, you know, and I'm going to just do what I'm supposed to do and do things mm-hmm. by the book and, 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 you know, and follow that path. But mm-hmm. the truth is that that was not it. I, you know, one thing that I can say, even in the darkest moments of my life, in the loneliest moments of my life, um, and I can think back as a, as, a, as a little girl, these are the other things that we just don't know what's going on in the heads of our children. Um, right. And so with that, you know, as all of that, I, I was just, I, I didn't, I knew that there was more. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was because mm-hmm. I also didn't believe in anything higher than me. I thought I was my own higher power. You know, I, I, I choose, I control and I do that. That was my mentality. So, mm-hmm. um, but I knew that I couldn't depend on me because I was a total failure. Right. Mm-hmm. In my eyes, I was like, okay, if I am my highest power, we got a problem. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So anyhow, um, you know, I, I continued, unfortunately, uh, fortunately and on, I don't even know what to say. I mean, today I'm, I'm very grateful for all of it, but, um, you know, I, I was still on this journey of seeking. I, um, so with that said, I was still unhappy. I, uh, I needed to figure out my life because I wasn't going to be that girl that, uh, my family said that I would be and, or I wasn't going to end up, you know, not making a life for myself or, you know, and I knew that that was not true and that I was going to figure it out somewhere or another and I was going to get my way. And so with that said, you know, made a lot of, a lot of decisions that definitely, uh, did not, uh, drive me in, 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 into anything, at least in the moment, or as we look back positive. Mm -hmm. Um, and so funny story, you said 20, but um, I got married at 21. <laughs> and <laughs> so, you know, it, it, I did get to a point between my 14, I'll tell you guys. So between I was 14, I had my son at 15. Um, I decided that I, would, I was going to quit school. I went and took a, my GED. Then I decided that I was going to move and I moved to Texas. Mm-hmm. I moved to Texas with my one-year-old and my boyfriend at the time. Uh, that didn't last long and not our relationship, but us living in Texas. And so I just traveled a lot. I, you know, thank goodness I had a mother that um, obviously was devastated, but that supported me and no matter what, and was there to stand, to stand behind my decision. Um, I do remember that, you know, her and and which I love that and respect that and admire that so much because she never wanted to be responsible uh, or to carry the weight of, you know, the decision that I was to make. You know, she wanted to make sure that it was my choice. Um, and as much as she probably, you know, without thinking of of the life, you know, but thinking of her daughter, I'm sure, you know, she she probably thought her her the best thing to do was perhaps to get rid of the baby, maybe, I don't know, but she always stood there by me either or. And so I, I really, I have to thank my mother because, um, if it wasn't for her poor thing, she got all the beating from the family and, 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 and the insults, (laughs) 
for, sure. uh, but anyhow, so yeah, I, um, I meet my, I, I get to a point in my life where after traveling, coming back, I'm, I'm 19 years old. I am tired. Can you believe that? Like a 19 year old, she's, I'm, I'm tired of living. I'm tired of, you know, trying to figure it out. I'm tired mm-hmm. of nothing works. And, and I'm still, you know, I'm still trapped in, 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 in my own misery. And right. I decided that I wanted to just calm down and settle for the white picket fence because sure. being me, my rebellious personality and my entrepreneur, now I get it. My, you know, my creative and entrepreneur of like, I just can't stick with one thing. I, it, mm-hmm. you know, just being the way I was, I thought that, you know, I just need to put myself away and just be the person I'm supposed to be, I guess, you know. Um, and so um, I met my husband, I met my ex-husband, the father of my daughter, and um, my life changed for a little while there. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> and, and so, and so doing that moment, because, you know, a, as I recall from, from reading your story, you know, it was a reunion after 12 years and he reached out to you via Facebook. His family were, were, uh, excuse me, they were, or excuse me, they are, uh, very much a, yeah. a, a Christian based, you know, faith based family. And so at that moment, when you and your ex, uh, rekindled after 12 years, um, and, and you, and you acknowledge that, Hey, you know, I'm going to have to go to church. I'm going to have to do these things because now I'm kind of a part of, you know, his family. Was that well, the defining moment for you there? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, um, this was at 20 later on 25, okay. 26. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So this, um, so my husband, you know, my ex-husband, my daughter's father, I get divorced. Like I said, my life changed for a little bit, but I realized that I I wasn't going to live a life that I was going to regret. And mm-hmm. so with that said, uh, I moved on and now here I am living by my own with my kids. And yes, I uh, Facebook had just come about. I think that was in uh, 2011, maybe, mm-hmm. or a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we... Um, yes. So this was this boy that I met when I was maybe 11 years old or yeah, I don't know uh, during that time. But anyhow, um, I knew his family. Okay. Right. And oh, right. and let me just take you guys back a little bit. So I don't know if everybody knows, but I, I, I was an atheist, right? So anyhow, yes, I did say it. But so, <laughs> <laughs> okay. so with that said, you know, his, I, my son's parents, the Marine boy, Nicholas, mm-hmm. he was mm-hmm. a pastor. And mm-hmm. so my entire life, you know, and I grew up Catholic and Columbia, I went to Catholic school. And so anyhow, I, God has just always been around my life. I just never accepted him. But, um, so here I am and little did I know this was it. Mm-hmm. I, this is where the title goes. This was it. That's uh, right. <laughs> so I, I, I reencounter, I, I reencounter with this, with this guy and, um, I knew his family from the past and I, I, you know, I connected with them because they were both from, from my country. They were mm-hmm. also from my country. We just, we just connected. And so I knew them. And mm-hmm. now that I connect with, we reconnect again, now, all of a sudden, I come to find out that his dad is a pastor and that his calling is to establish small and plant small churches. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't even pay attention to that. I was like, all right, well, you know, whatever. Uh, but this is how 
beautiful God works. And one of my things that I always said about churches or, you know, people who claim the name of God or whatnot, um, Mm -hmm. that they were all thieves because my thing was like, they all live off the church. Um, I remember going to a church in (laughs) New York and the, and and this was a Catholic church and, and the, um, uh, the father, he, he was, you know, getting out of a limousine, but yet, you know, here they are going around asking three or four times for money and saying that, you know, uh, change mm-hmm. is not worth it. Mm-hmm. And so, so, um, you know, that was always just my, 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 my thought of like, they're just a whole bunch of thieves, but here was, um, this family, I knew them and now their story, they had gone bankrupt God saved, um, you know, God had an, you know, his dad had an encounter with the Lord. And Mm -hmm. now the business that God gave him is the business that he uses to plant the churches and to support the churches. So that whole thought, you know, thing that I thought that I had that I knew, um, God made sure that he showed me different this time. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that was number one. (laughs) Uh, But anyhow, long story short, uh, this person and I, we only lasted for about a a year and a half. We reconnected. Uh, It was God's, it it was, it was, um, it was God's perfect plan. Um, During that year and a half, I truly got an opportunity to see what it was to be with a person just like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I say that because, you know, at the time thinking that I was my everything, you know, it was all about me, self-centered mm-hmm. ego, you know, uh, persuasive on, you know, getting my way and, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and turning things around my way. And so, um, I was able to experience what it was to be with me because this person was just like me. And so I know that God at this time was dealing with both of us. Um, unfortunately, him at the time, he was not uh, having a relationship with God. He was doing his his own uh, thing away from. Uh, but so um, we, it was Christmas and we went to visit his parents. And no, even though I will tell you, I was so rebellious that I didn't care that his parents were pastors or any of that. I just was not going to go to church. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This time around, um, it was Christmas. We went to go visit uh, in Lake Placid where they have the small church. And um, so we went. It was out of respect. And let me tell you, Greg, that day, um, that day I I started to see. Mm-hmm. I um, That day, that pastor, that man standing there um, teaching the Bible, Everything that he was teaching and the words and the verses and is as if he was just talking to me that day. Yep. That's it. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. that whole service was just for Anna Maria. <laughs> um, and that was it. That was that was the beginning. I honestly, God just put me with people who were not there to judge me. Mm-hmm. who were not there to criticize me, who mm-hmm. did not care what I had or didn't have. They or whether I I believe I shared the same faith that they did, they mm-hmm. just didn't care. They mm-hmm. simply were there to be a representation of God's love. And yeah. that really that that was it was it was for me, it was experiencing it myself because one thing is when you're being told about something, but another thing is when you're living it. 
And so that was it. That was that was the moment. That was the beginning of of the Anna Maria today. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful story. Um, you know, my, my faith in Christianity um, embodies uh, the Southern uh, Baptists, and uh, I have cousins that are musicians. And, and I will just tell you, you know, I don't live back, you know, close to them, but when I do go home and I have an opportunity to listen to them sing and I'm sitting in a congregation, I will tell you, I mean, it is, it is very uplifting. It is uh, a, a, a extremely spirituality. It, it, it's just so uplifting that, uh, you know, you find yourself missing those things <clears throat> when your heart is empty. And, and, uh, and certainly when those things come back into your life, as they say, it, it brings about the light and uh, it's important. It's really important based on, you know, things that you've shared with us, um, things that uh, some of our listeners are going through. It's important it's to awakening. have, right. It's awakening. You know, you, you, you have to have a little bit of light, you know, and, and a lot of people call that light hope or whatever adjective, you know, folks tend to utilize, you've got to find that, you know, and, and, and it, it brings you peace of mind. And so as we advance your story, you and your uh, ex, you know, you guys separate, you decide from what I gather, you, you went back to school, you were living single. And at this moment in time, uh, you know, life had to be very hard. Here it is, your single mom, uh, you're going back to school, and it and it, and as I recall from some of the readings, um, you were kind of traveling as well at that time, right? Yes, yes, um, yeah. I had to make some um, hard decisions then. Um, so yeah, I. So here we are, and I decide that I am uh, walking away from the relationship, and um, you know, God gave me this. Here's another thing, you know. Um, Coming, realizing, well, first of all, we, our relationship, like I said, it was, it was only for a short period of time and there was the purpose of it was exactly for me to surrender and, um, to start all over again. And so anyhow, that happened. But when I decided to leave my relationship, um, I had nothing at the time. And so not even a car, I remember I was working, um, I was working temp jobs um, and living with, you know, my boyfriend then. He was an artist. So, you know, as an artist, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's it's all about like I'm the artist and I'm this and I have to go do this gig. And so anyhow, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. so with that said, I, I, I was done with it and I knew that I wanted to dedicate my life to the Lord and I knew that uh, without God, I I did not want to continue to exist. And I have to mention this, you know, I am, I don't like religion, FYI. I'm not religious. I don't believe in religion. I believe mm-hmm. in relationship. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what I got. I, I got a relationship uh, with the creator that hasn't, that I haven't been able to prove wrong yet, because the day I do, I will not believe, <laughs> FYI. Sure, sure. <laughs> but you know, it, 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 yeah. Anyhow, I don't know where I was going with that, but that you know, it's I religion divides. So this mm-hmm. is not about religion. Mm-hmm. Um, but to that point, um, moving forward, 
it was really hard because I was completely um, on my own with my children, didn't know what was going to happen, but I trusted. I trusted and I made the choice to move on. And what happened during that time is that one of the areas that God really had to work in me or that I had to let God work in me was um, my relationships. Mm-hmm. I was the type of girl, and I know a lot of our listeners, even men and women, you know, we tend to jump into one relationship to the other just so that we don't feel, just so that we don't have to deal with or we can move on. And so we tend to jump from one into another without healing. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, is that just like anything, you know, uh, we as humans, our body collects information, collects emotions, collects pain, Mm -hmm. collects all these things. And if you don't deal with them, Mm -hmm. all you're doing is putting more on top, on top. Guess what? Everything has an end. There's one point where things are going to explode. There's only, there there could only be so much. Mm -hmm. And so I say that because my entire life, that's all I did. I, I never dealt with my own pain. I never dealt with my own insecurity. I, I, I just didn't. Why? Because I wasn't self-aware. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have the awakening. I didn't have the awareness to even know that I had to deal with all this stuff. And so that's 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 the biggest gift. And that's what I talk about, you know, like what what happens when you allow yourself to to give an opportunity to get to know about who you are. And what better thing than this book called the Bible who has not been able to be proven wrong. Right. Um, so I much rather go to that book than somebody else's that, you know, is telling me anyhow, his information is coming from the Bible anyhow, but that's another conversation. Um, <laughs> so point. So, you know, um, I am, I lost where I was, Greg. <laughs> uh, no worries. I mean, you, you were basically stating the fact that, um, you know, your beliefs and where you find serenity and security was was based on, you know, the Bible, because at this point in your life, you had already gone through, uh, you know, a tumultuous experience on multitudes of occasions. You know, the disobedience were, was already kicked in the high gear. Uh, you felt at this point in time that as 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 I can relate to you, you're sitting on the edge of a cliff. You know, relationships are not are not going well. You're not happy. Job's not going well. You're you're struggling. I mean, and I think I think we all go through that at some point in our lives. Some sometimes, um, you know, folks go through what they call rock bottom, and sometimes they don't they don't bounce back. You know, and uh, you know, my hat goes off to you for number one bouncing back because like I said, you know, I told you before we got started, you know, I read your story and I was, I was touched and I I still am touched by just having this honor to, uh, to speak with you because, you know, one of the things that's so similar uh, with you and I outside of all the other things that we've talked about is the fact that I've been there. And, you know, most of my listeners understand, you know, in 2012 for me was probably the worst year ever in my entire life. And just a sure fact of um, my business was deteriorating, you know, things were not going well because we're in the middle of an administration change and 
government contracts were not plentiful like they were when when the years you know prior to that. Uh, my dad passed away, which I found out at that point in time. There was a lot of things that I just hadn't coped with, hadn't dealt with, hadn't come to closure with with my uh, with my father. And you know, on top of that, financially going through a separation and a divorce, you know, there was over se- seven figures of financial, you know, um, uh, value at stake. Which uh, for me, um, you know, I I lost it all. You know, and a lot of people go, "What? You lost it all?" And it, and it's just true. You know, when I left the U.S. and moved to Peru to work a job. That spiral that you experience, you experience your spiral a little bit different than than I did. But that spiral that I experienced was a spiral that was just beyond control and beyond limits. I mean, it was just a very cyclical cycle, you know. Yeah. And and like you know, where you talk about you know, and you've been open with us about you know your codependencies and things and so forth and so on. I mean, for me, it was it was just the addiction to be on the edge, you know, it was like, you know, I am just going to live it wildly and freely and, and really, you know, like you said earlier, you know, kind of not really give a damn. And, uh, eventually, you know, that eye opener came about when all of that experience, all of that, as they call it, you know, piss and vinegar wore off, um, you know, I was faced with the fact of, now I'm in a country. Um, I pretty much told the project director at the time uh, what he was and 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 what he couldn't couldn't do. And of course, you know, through my own demise, which was rightfully so, um, I challenged him to to fire me. And he says, "Well, I'm not going to fire you, but I want you to leave." And uh, I was left in a country, okay. Um, unable to get back to the US. And it was just one of those things where it was gut-wrenching. It was just total, total gut-wrenching. And for for weeks on end, you know, I'm like reaching out to people that I had already burned bridges with. Um, you know, people that would 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 say, where are you? You know, where are you calling me from? And and what what do you need? You know, um, you know, you really pissed me off the last time we talked, you know, some year ago or six months ago. And so at that point, a sense of loneliness and depression and all of these things just started to kind of like come over me like a extremely dark cloud. And I knew through my faith, I said, you know, I just need one more chance to get back and to do things the right way, because, you know, my ex and I didn't end on great terms. Uh, There's a lot of, like I said, financial things that, you know, just really muddied the waters. Um, and of course, you know, I, I only had the clothes on my back at the time when, when, when I left and what I had with me while I was out of the country. But it was just, a, it was just an experience that, you know, when you hit rock bottom, like I said, you know, I, I, some people don't bounce back. I mean, there's, there's so many stories like yours and mine that are out there where those people are not around today yeah. because they couldn't 
find the way to ask for forgiveness. They couldn't find the way to repent. They couldn't find the way to get down on their knees and begin to pray. So, you know, to those folks, you know, we we certainly, certainly in all due respect, um, they are missed, you know, and, and, and I have a bunch of close friends of mine that that have gone through that, that they're no longer with us. And, um, you know, for, for folks like, like yourself, uh, and others that are out there, you know, psychologically, you have to consider, you know, even though you've done things wrong, even though you haven't lived the best possible life or the best possible way of living, like they say, life is not a rehearsal, you know, like I said in my quote earlier, you know, this is it. You, you've got to try and figure out how to make the best of it. And you've got to have those people around you that are going to kind of help nurture, coach, and guide. And, you know, I know I've been long-winded with my story, but I'm just going to say right now in my life is if it wouldn't have been for my wife today, if it wouldn't have been for my wife today, only God knows where the hell I may have ended up. Because like I said, my cycle that I was on when I left the U.S. because so many bad things had happened, I could probably be in a gutter somewhere. I mean, it, it was just, you know, was, that's where my headspace was. I mean, it was just, it was just, it was just a bad time. But, you know, what ended up touching my soul when I met my wife and her family was even though they were native Peruvian, their ethics, their morals, their Christianity, their faith. I mean, all these things were just like my family back home. <laughs> awesome. And, and so when I got tied in with them and I was able to, you know, fellowship and dialogue and, and you know, and just be a part of their family and them embracing me and, you know, God knows they love me to death now. I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, where I came from. They, they just embrace me so much and I love that their support, their, their empathy, you know, their compassion, you know, it's all unconditional. And, you know, that to me at that moment, when I realized I had to get my, you know, what together, because, Mm -hmm. you know, it was like, okay, Greg, you've, you've lived a great life. So what, you know, you, you fell from the trees, you know, all right trees grow again, they grow again, you know, they grow branches, you know, get yourself back on the horse and, and do what you have to do. And when I got back to the States, the very first thing for me was trying to repair the damage, particularly with my daughters. Yeah. You know, and, um, and that's the blessing that we have, Greg, you know, the right. fact that, and, and, and that's my heart goes out to, to all the people who are hurting, who are looking for answers, because mm-hmm. I was one of them, you know, I, I was seeking even without knowing that I was seeking for answers because I was looking for happiness in things and people and titles and, mm-hmm. and different. I was seeking. And the truth is that every time I put my faith or my trust in something or someone, I was always disappointed, even right. including myself. Mm-hmm. including myself. And so, you know, my life's mission is just that. Like I said, I this is not about 
religion. This is not about, you know, you know, becoming or following something. This is about finding the answers that we seek for. Mm-hmm. And as a person who um doesn't, you know, who can't fully close her eye and put a trust in another human being, mm-hmm. um, you know, I would tell you that why 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 go to the book that was written by somebody else or whatnot, I want the truth. And so, you know, this is all about self-awakening. This is all about, you know, a relationship with God. Um, And we talk about the Bible because it's the book that we have left. And so Mm -hmm. I remember when I picked that up, I was like, but wait, these are humans writing it. But when I let God lead me, then he'll show me what's true and what isn't. And anyhow, Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that's, and, 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 and a lot of people can't, can't get back up. And I know that if it wasn't for me at that time, just saying, okay, I'm opening the door because what's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was really, and, and you said it too, you asked for a second chance, you needed another chance and right. you got it. Um, and so, you know, I just, I give all the glory and that's why I, I just throw this real quickly, but there's going to be a new segment coming out um, on my podcast that it's all about divine confidence because the mm-hmm. truth is, it's, it's divine confidence. It's not confidence in me. It's not confidence in anything or anyone. It's mm-hmm. confidence in the one and only that has not been proven wrong. That's all right. I got to say. <laughs> right, right, but right. yeah, but Greg, yeah. So I'm sorry. I want to before because I think I think um just very quickly I left you guys hanging and I remember what I was talking about. So you know God had to clean all the relationships. He had to clean me, and during that time that I decided to separate and move on, um, God gave me a job. I, I you know I was I, I I was able to borrow a car. Then all of a sudden, you know, within a couple of months, I I go back to having you know my my new car. Um, mm-hmm having a place for my children to live. And yes, I decided to go back to school because Mm -hmm. um, when I left, I told you guys God was working in me through relationships. And uh, at the time that I was leaving, my ex was bringing in a girl into Mm -hmm. the house. (laughs) And so, which she's his wife today. And so they've been together now for 10 years. But the point was, is that we were both uh, fellow and, and we were all uh, congregating in the same space. Mm -hmm. Um, and even this new girl that had come now, uh, as my ex was also seeking for his own journey and, and, and this girl that now was brought into the picture poor thing then, cause she had to deal with me all the time. (laughs) Right. right. But, um, you know, it was, it was, it was a time of humbling, of letting God and letting whatever what's going on and focusing on what God was doing in me. Mm-hmm. That didn't last too long. I uh, I started, you know, waiting on God and obviously seeing God doing all these miracles in my life and my children. I got uh, I got desperate. I got tired of waiting. I, you mm-hmm. know, I felt like life was going to pass. And how could I sit here and wait for God to like figure things out? I was, you know, I thought in my mind, I was like, God, you need my help. I need mm-hmm. to help you get things in order. <laughs> mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so with that thought, um, I took it upon myself to, you know, uh, uh, go back to school. I knew at the time that now my calling, my purpose was to work with women. And because mm-hmm. I, but I wasn't confident enough and how am I going to go? You know, I am a screw up. How am I going to go now help women? So 
Um, as I was, you know, growing in the word, I, you know, I needed to know everything externally as a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I went back to school. I put myself back. This was my second time around. I went to fashion school. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, got a degree, got myself into uh, more debt. Oops. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. you know, I, and the decisions that I made obviously had consequences. Uh, but long, you know, years passed. I, um, I, I was without my children for some time, you know, and thinking that I was going to, I guess this is my lesson on, on this part and, and what I'll share is that, you know, when we, and I, I'll speak for myself, um, it's, you know, when, or at least it, it's like we sort of get grip of something, or at least I do, I get the grip of something and then I'm like, oh, well, okay, now I got it. I can figure out the rest. Mm -hmm. And so that's exactly what I was doing with God. And um, I sort of took back control of the wheel and that uh, took me on a roller coaster. Ne and um, a lot of things happened there, but one of the greatest things that happened during that time and uh, how God also redeemed my husband today, um, you know, I, I met him and, and it was four years before we, we decided to get married. It's going to be three year anniversary in January, but, um, you know, God is redeeming um, he's redeemed me, he's redeemed my husband, um, his family, mm -hmm. um, you know, and everybody around. And one of the things that I could say is that, um, you know, our ministry, the, the lives we want to change are, it starts with, with our family and around us. Mm -hmm. Um, and today I get to serve women today. I get to not only through church, but outside of church, I, uh, I also lead a, um, it's a program that's called Celebrate Recovery, and it's mm -hmm. not for drug addicts and alcoholics only. It's we are all addicted to one thing or the other, which is anger. We're addicted to anger. We're addicted mm -hmm. to codependency. We're addicted mm -hmm. to depression. These right. are things that, yes, they happen, but we are so used to them that we become addicted to them. Sure. And so it's it's a program that helps you basically do an internal inventory and truly just get rid of the waste that's right. around and, 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 and get to know yourself. Yeah. 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 That, that, that is just a remarkable turn of events. And I even read as well, you know, you're, you're, you and your family are tied into a mission down in Guatemala, as well as, uh, you know, something that, that obviously is, is, uh, another uh, feather in the hat for both of us as incumbent. My, my family's in charge of a mission in Honduras. Um, so, so it's just, like I said, there's just too many coincidences that, that happened. So, so as we fast forward, you know, now you're, you're remarried, you're, your son's off in the Marines and, and your daughter's getting ready to graduate high school. And of course, congratulations to you coming up on your third year anniversary here in January. You know, we like to you. give you a proper, proper due diligence for that. But, but now you are, you're back into, as I call it, your uh, optimum peak performance as the confident closure so now let's talk just for a couple minutes because certainly we uh, we're we're almost out of time here. We've actually gone over time, but it's been such a great conversation. But let's just talk a little bit about some of the things that you're doing with uh, 
the confident closure, you know, the brand and and the consulting that you've got going on. Uh, let our listeners know a little bit about what what all that's about. Absolutely. Um, and like you had said at the beginning of our conversation, you know, this was this is the third time around starting a business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know, little did I know, uh, four years, four and a half years ago, I decided to finally surrender. This time it was the second time around. And I had got myself into so much debt, you know, but getting coaches and doing all sort of stuff because I was determined that this time around I was going to get my business up and I was going to uh, make sure that I was uh, going to be serving and doing the things that you know God has put in my heart. So, anyhow, um, four and a half years ago I, I I gave in and I didn't give up on my dream, but I gave in and to God's time and not mine. And uh, as soon as I did that. I got an opportunity to come and work in the mortgage industry as a uh, uh, as a business developer and a brand ambassador. Um, and the reason how I got that was through all the time and money and, and and everything that I had invested into building my brand so that I could make money so that I can fulfill this dream, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, but you know, and now as I look back, I'm so grateful for all of it because if it wasn't for all the stuff that I did, even though I wasn't going anywhere, I wouldn't have the knowledge that I had when I got hired four and a half years ago. And so, you know, as I look back, it's just, it was, it was, see, we, when we're uh, confronted with having to make decisions and, or feel like we're giving up and because we're not getting it our way in our time, God is doing marvelous work He's doing a marvelous work behind, okay? And that is exactly what he was doing here because um, I, in this industry, so I came in, uh, I branded this amazing team. They already had their name, the Mortgage Chicks. And through that team, um, I became really well known in the industry. Uh, I, you know, I was doing everything from their marketing and branding and being mm-hmm. their event. Uh, I was, you know, I put together all the events, uh, and then obviously creating more relationships with, um, real estate professionals, uh, that they would work with our office. But that led me into getting hired then by a, a lender directly out of uh, Baltimore, which, you know, they hired me to then go expand the footprint in the Latino market um, in South Florida. Um, and it was, it, it, you know, it was just God was building my community. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what was going on. I was, mm-hmm. I was becoming known in, in a space nationally uh, that would eventually be my target audience, you know, mm-hmm. day. <laughs> so right. with that said, you know, uh, I, I worked there for a little bit and then I got hired again now by the bank, which was the bank that I came to work with that small team. But sure. So anyhow, that same bank, you know, they hired me and now I'm running half of the country's recruiting department and again, providing providing uh, uh, tips and, and helping them brand themselves and, and all that good stuff. And COVID came about and I never, like I had said, I never gave up on my calling and my purpose. Mm-hmm. And during a lot of times in this industry, you know, it had great times. There was a lot of great opportunities, even if I wanted to continue to grow and go up the ladder, but it, it's just, it, it, it it's not my calling. Right. <laughs> it's right. not my calling. So anyhow, um, today uh, in uh, during COVID, I um, 
God put a tug in my heart again, you know, and things started slowing down because I was traveling a lot too at the time Mm -hmm. uh, for work. We, you know, everything slowed down and that was the biggest blessing I got this year. Mm-hmm. Slowing down um, and allow myself to be in the present moment, and um, and just really listen to God, and that's what I did. And and there was again that tug of like, hey, go jump, and I'm like, no, I don't want to jump. Right, <laughs> I've right. Jumped too many times already. Please don't tell me to jump again. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but I did, and. It's been an amazing journey. Uh, things are making even more sense. I know that this is uh, this is not my final destination. Not that you know what I'm doing, but I'm called to to, to more things, to bigger things, and so. I, I know I'm here temporarily. Uh, I see God building this business. I, I have a great team that God has put around me, mm-hmm. um, and I'm just I'm just open to what God is like. I, I don't. If you tell me what's your plan or what's, I don't know. My plan is to to be present and mm-hmm. to be a light right now and and to be with joy and to be able to pass that joy, but. What's the next? I, I I don't know. Right, right. So, well, certainly, uh, I think in a lot of cases, based on you know the uncertainty of things that have transpired over the past twelve months, um, there's probably a lot of people. At least, at least you know that your joy and how you present yourself as a tool and a viable tool to help others is something that you have devoted yourself and committed yourself to serve. Well, there's probably others out there right now today that are that are just sitting back going, oh, my God, let's 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 just pray that 21 is not like uh, not like 20, you know, and, uh, you know, our heart goes out to all of those people because uh, it's just been a very difficult, difficult time for everyone worldwide. And, and certainly uh, we appreciate uh, you and Marie. Um, Maria, sharing your story, sharing your journey, sharing how you overcame, you know, the resentment, the fears, the codependency, the struggles, you know, uh, bruising your pride. I mean, all of those things are things that are so significantly important. And there's just, you know, one thing that I wanted to kind of emphasize with our listeners is the fact that sometimes experience is your best teacher. It may not give you the straight path to get you from A to Z or A to B. It may be zig, it may be zag, there may be a bunch of curves, maybe a bunch of hills, but certainly experience is the best teacher. And so, Anna Maria, any last remarks before we wrap up and before we close out that you might have for our listeners? Wow, there's so many things I want to say, but um, one thing thing I would tell you is that your current circumstance or the conversation that it's going in your head Mm -hmm. or the emotions that you're feeling, Mm -hmm. they don't determine your future and they're temporary. And at the end of the day, we have a choice. Mm-hmm. And life is going to happen. We just have to choose how we're going to let it happen. You know, mm-hmm. are we 
going to be a victim as life is happening or are we going to be a victor? Yeah. And uh, they're both hard. So choose your heart <laughs> and everything, nothing. And, and you know what? Like you said, every experience has a lesson. Yep. And I tell my children, you are on a boot camp for life. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> I'm going to have to use that one, man. I'm going to yes. have to use that one. <laughs> but well, yeah, that's it. Thank you so much, Greg. I really appreciate, um, you know, giving me this time, dedicating this time to my story. Mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely an honor and it, it gives me, it actually, it's, a, it's, it's seeing God's, seeing my, you know, uh, my purpose being fulfilled, right? And just, just being able to share and being able to be in the space where I'm at today to look back and, um, and share it with you guys with, you know, with the joy and gratitude and, and victory. So thank you. Thank you for giving me this time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and certainly, uh, you know, definitely giving me the guidance to reach out to you because, uh, you know, as, as we try to find people that resonate well with what we believe is ensuring that we talk about things that impact our ability to thrive, um, you know, your story is something that is certainly very inspiring to all of us. And, and we appreciate you sharing that with us. And so I'm going to wrap up with just one quote that I saved just for you, Anna Maria, just for you. This is one when I found it. I said, I have to save this one to the very end because, because it is, uh, it is something that, that was just quite uplifting and very fulfilling. So acceptance, or excuse me, accept what is, let go of what was, have faith in what can be. Mm, I love that. Wow. So to, to our listeners, this has been a journey, and it's been a journey that I am proud to say that I've shared with a new member of the Cut to the Chase podcast family, Miss Anna Maria. This has been a joy. And so to everyone out there, please be safe. We understand that the holidays are around the corner. And ensure that you take care of yourself and your family. And let's uh, keep our faith and look forward to a prosperous and hopefully joyous 2021. Thank you very much, everyone. This is episode 52. This is it. I'm your host, Gregory Proctor, Anna Maria. Take care. Bye-bye.